money get paper. Cause you know we party hard later. Mr. Flex and Papa got the old city lock, but you get the same fish in every area. Stepping NLC with no chaser. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I am Illuminati, and this is the Crypto and Cognac podcast show. As always, powered by Alti.com, the one-click crypto wallet for Telegram and WhatsApp, and soon to your favorite crypto messaging app. And as always, fueled by Hennessy TT. This evening, I'm having some VSOP. I mean, despite the fact that the graphic has some Hennessy um, pure white on it, I wasn't able to make it out to refill my stock. I didn't realize my stock was so low. So I'm going to rock with my favorite tonight. Guys, as always, so happy to have you. I I'm particularly excited because it's season two, episode two, and even though we're not supposed to say that number because my guest is Jamaican and they don't play number two. But with that said, I want to introduce you guys to the amazing June Webley. Um, I'm going to try my best to introduce her. Let me get, let me get the full stats because I don't want to mess this up, right? So Joan, let me tell you all about Joan. So Joan is an artist, cultural activist, and intellectual property attorney, right? Her professional qualifications and her professional experience include being the manager of the Copyright Organization of Jamaica, um, advisor to the Minister of Culture, co-founder of the Jamaica Music Conference, founder of Nanak Creative Hub, co-founder and president of Itopia Life, one of the first medical cannabis companies in Jamaica, board member of Jamaican Women in Coffee, and her work in branding, strategy, development, and IP asset management in the real world has recently expanded into the cryptoverse joan joan sorry released a white paper called caribbean creatives and culture in the cryptoverse as part of carry drop which is how we initially connected when she shared that white paper with me and that is part of the vision that she's trying to realize through the one digital caribbean she has lived She's truly a Caribbean woman. She's lived in Trinidad, Grenada, and she currently moves between Jamaica and Italy, which is where she's joining me from today. Joan, thank you very much for being part of the podcast. I want to thank you in advance for staying up late. I know it's quite a bit later for you than it is for me. But you're here and you're joining me and having a drink. So cheers. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I couldn't think of a better reason to stay up late than to come and talk some crypto, some crypto um, greatness and brilliance with, with an inspiration like yourself, Alu. So thanks for the invitation. So, I mean, you know, we, we Caribbean people, we don't have conversations. We don't lime dry mouth. So obviously the drink was necessary. But it makes sense. It made made the talk sweet. <laughs> so I, I did. I tried my best to to introduce you. But for those for anything that I may have missed out, for, to add a little color to the, the points that I would have raised, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. Yeah. I think I think it's always interesting when people speak about the things that you've done or do. Um, unless you understand the why of it, it can seem wholly random. Like, why was she doing ganja and then over in coffee? And what's this <laughs> music, music industry? That's a whole other thing. Um, and it's actually funny because it was in Trinidad where I really cemented and figure out, figured out what I wanted to do in my life. That's led mm -hmm. me down this path. And it might seem all random, but it's really it's been been so far. It's all been connected by intellectual property. 
And it's all been connected by a really early recognition. I, I moved away from Jamaica, as you mentioned, when I was younger. I actually moved away um, as one of as many people did during a, a, what we call a FinSAC era. It was a big financial crisis Jamaica mm -hmm. had. And so for a long time, I was one of many and, and friends had left before me. And we all kind of felt like we'd been exiled. Like we none of us wanted to leave our home, but all of us were going to these different places. And so, you know, I, I live in Trinidad and Grenada and, and I live in as far as Australia and I'm seeing Jamaican culture everywhere. And it just didn't make sense to me. One on one, don't make two. How could we have all of this great culture and the country can't afford for us to stay? Pretty much can't afford to keep its citizens. So intellectual property, I figured out, was, was that thing that was the difference between great music and great music business. And... Yeah. The more I when I studied it, I didn't even know I didn't even know how much it was. But when you get into intellectual property, you realize that anything named creativity, anything named branding, anything named innovation has to do with IP. And and just to wrap it all up, I just believed in the power of it because you can start with nothing and with IP end up with a whole lot. Um, it has its issues, which is why I'm now a crypto convert. Because <laughs> um, IP has its issues, and I I I, I feel saved by the blockchain. Um, but but the why I, I think is what I'd love to share with listeners. I mean, I do all of these things, but it's because I feel like IP and creativity is something Caribbean having an abundance, and I was really interested to see how we could use it for independence. All right, so so you you kind of mentioned that now you're a blockchain convert. Yeah, man. What was what was that thing? that or tell me about your story your introduction to cryptocurrency or introduction to blockchain what was that one point that kind of sank home to you that you know what this is just another step in my journey to really build ip for jamaican people for caribbean people for people of the world as a whole yeah um there were actually two steps, and I'll be really quick to make, get it all in. But um, first, we got, time. we got time. Okay, first was around about 2016. Um, I was I was running the Nanook Creative Community Space at the time, and anyone who's run a community space or creative space knows that they're they're amazing, but they're not very um, profitable, or they're not usually sustainable without without some some subsidies. So I was really racking my head trying to figure out how to keep this thing going, and I kept thinking because I mean. Nanook had Chronix and Kabak and, and all these people on the stage before, you know, before they were as huge as they were. And I yeah. kept thinking, you know, if there was some way for us to let the artists um, pool works or contribute and then we could, you know, per or persons could even work behind the bar and then we give them hours that they can use in the studio because we it was a creative space. You know, and I was yeah. thinking we had our own um, currency that we could do stuff with. That would be amazing. And Ingrid Riley, who, who organized um, FOC, which I met you at, uh, yes. she she was she was already organizing talks. Silicon Caribbean, I think Connecting Mass was the series, and she did a talk with BOJ. And I went there and was talking, saying, you know, this is what I want to do, and I feel like we can do it with the tech. And Bank of Jamaica just shot me down. I was like, no, nah, that's illegal. <laughs> Creating a new currency, we don't think that's what you mean. Um, so that was then, and I, and I kind of put it in a little box and, and thought, oh, this blockchain thing sounds crazy anyway. I'm not a tech person. So I, I walked away. Yeah. Um, and then last year, or or year before, end of 2020, December 2020, start of 2021, I, I kind of moved to Italy properly and was really wanting to stay connected. And blockchain was just coming again and again as a solution for, for so many things. And I went down the rabbit hole, as you said. Clubhouse got me. Yeah, I mean... The rabbit hole is it's deep, it's never ending. Um, Clubhouse definitely yeah. has been one of those um gateways to that whole Twitter spaces now is you know really building a huge platform there. Now I have Discord. I know I now it's a whole bag of things, you know, it's a it's a whole new community world. Well, my, I have a friend who um you know he came into the space and you know he joined my community and then so, so we have a group chat, a closed group chat on WhatsApp, and then we took it broader to Telegram because Telegram allows for a lot more users. He's like, oh gosh, another app. Then um, he wanted to get involved in NFTs and then we, he already had a MetaMask. He's like, but there was an NFT on Solana. He's like, oh God, another, another, another app. Another wallet, you need Kukai. <laughs> then he wanted to, you know, 
start following the NFT projects a little bit more. And I told him, well, you have to get Discord. He's like, oh my God, another app. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, when you get into this space, I mean, it's not quite, the interoperability in this space is not quite there yet. But, you know, the community continues to be journeymen moving from one thing to the next thing uh, yeah. to get us over that hump and over that hill. Yeah. So, Can I just found- say one thing on that note, oh. though? Sorry, I, I really think it's interesting because, like you, I'm, I was looking to get off of social media, not to start adding more social media things to my, to my phone. Like That's the opposite direction of where I want to head. And I think that that's what puts a lot of people off of this area. It, it feels like it's the opposite of the direction they want to go in. But truly, once you get over that initial hurdle, the benefits and the, the yeah, the benefits, let me just stop there, are, are too much for you to, to allow a little tech challenge to, to, to let you miss out on. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was seriously contemplating um, giving up social media. And here I am. I have a podcast. A podcast instead. The first season was 30 episodes on IG Live. So it's crazy what, what crypto does to you. Yeah, yeah. But going back to what I was going to ask before, so you found your your passion for intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit more and explain you know, the different elements of that because I myself only recently, like when I started in the space and registering my business and deciding if I wanted to get this thing copyrighted and, and certain elements around it that I realized, you know, there's a difference between copyrights, there's a difference between patents, there's a difference between trademarks, there's a difference between trade uh, secrets. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to register them in different territories to, for them to hold. So you yeah. found your question and you, you also found a vehicle for that in crypto. How do you see those two things really intersecting? Um, I mean, you spoke a bit about it in the white paper, but you know, for yeah. the tell me about it. Yeah, for, for anyone who has not gone to carrydrop.com to get the free white paper, um, I on a bit on a basic level, I am more impressed with what I see happening in crypto because as you mentioned in the intro, like I, I was the manager of copyright. And so I met with uh, creators from filmmakers to fashion designers to, to the full gamut writers. And it all it often felt like um, we, we weren't fully acknowledging that there was a gap between commercialization. It was one thing to have this great thing, but it didn't mean instant cash mm-hmm. unless you were able to, to do all of the other things that were necessary to commercialize. And those other things mean contracting and those other things mean accessing international markets and those other things mean you know, the, the realm of possibilities and fi- financing and fundraising yourself to scale. All of those things were challenges for the creative community that I didn't feel like we were addressing. That when I stepped into the NFT space, like bells just started to go off for me. And I could see so many uses where this could have been, this could have um, potentially assisted young artists, potentially assisted filmmakers, potentially assisted so many creatives or intellectual property owners um, to do better. And then, and then I also think of the intellectual property owners who have content that they, they, they never got to really benefit from for a variety of reasons. Again, maybe there were bad contracts, maybe there were no contracts, whatever it is. And I'm excited for them because I recognize that this is a whole new space that they don't necessarily need to rely on intellectual property rights to benefit from, even though it's intellectual property related. So you know, those are those are the the things that make it very attractive to me. As you mentioned, I am I am I, I think intellectual property is very easy. I love speaking to people about it because once you simplify it for them and they get it, they're they're armed to go and 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 do do what's possible. So you you rightly pointed out there are different forms. You know, copyright is creativity. If you're doing creative works, you're dealing with copyright. Um, trade trademarks are branding. If you're speaking any kind of brand, it's a trademark. Patents are for innovations or new new creations, something right. wholly new or something being used for a wholly new purpose. Right. And it's important people understand the difference because it's like when you get in a car and there are two pedals, you can't you can't just say, oh, I could press one of them and go. No, like they do very different things. Um, like you mentioned, trademarks, for example, 
Um, yes, they can be gained without being registered, but truly for them to be effective, they, they need to be registered and they need to be registered in a seven year to 10 year period, um, renewed as long as the business is trading and using it right. or that brand is in purpose. And it needs to be done per territory, like you said. So if you're doing something in Trinidad and you trademark it there, don't feel like you protected it in Jamaica because different territory. <laughs> and, and I could say, well, Crypto Caribbean, I gone down to Jaipo tomorrow to, to try and do my, I won't, I won't do that because respect you. Yeah. Um, but but that's the kind of thing, you know, and then, sorry, just, just to close it, as opposed to copyright, where if you own that there in Trinidad, you own that for the whole world. Yeah. I, I can't just rip off your stuff. So what you're doing here now with this program, you own the copyright in your podcast and I can't just use and redistribute your material um, anywhere because you own it automatically. So it, it's, it's just such so, a problem. You can see I'm getting excited. Let me stop. <laughs> so, so for anybody out there planning to redistribute, this content, I own it. Okay. Joan said that I own the copyright, right? <laughs> so hold on up. But Joan also said to them that they need to know intellectual property really well so they can know that there's some exemptions to intellectual property rights. And you know, I I, I won't go any further because I see Al I see Al giving me a kind of listen, side eye that listen. I don't like. So <laughs> I'm gonna stop. Listen, Jay-Z, Jay-Z said more important than chains is lawyer fees so i think i think i need to get myself <laughs> no, a, good, a good lawyer like yourself you mentioned the right name though because yeah was because that's, that's where i'm gonna that's where i'm gonna pivot next because yes. we've seen some drama with him around this copyright this intellectual property issue in the metaverse yes yeah, so I mean, you you're familiar with that? Let's talk a little bit about that. I am. I I mean, I, I'm as familiar as anyone that's read the news. Unfortunately, I'm not a part of Jay's legal team, but call me. Um, mm. you understand not yet. Um, it, it is. It it was the case. We're, we're we're waiting for it to happen. As an attorney, when I was looking at this space, and as an IP attorney, as exciting as this space was, it was also a little bit mind-boggling because, as they say, it's wild, wild west, and and people are excited that they don't need contracts and they don't need lawyers. And I'm happy for them. I'm not one of those lawyers that are vexed. I'm happy if you don't need lawyers and you can right. do your business and make money. Um, but it was crazy because you're seeing pe person's content being used. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And sure enough, within a matter of, I think, I think from my mouth to her ears, um, Jay-Z came out with a lawsuit. And for those who aren't familiar, Jay-Z sued his uh, former or current business partner, Dame Dash. Right. And the former was apparently trying to use or trade on um, some of the copyrights associated with a project that was jointly owned, which means yeah. that he he can't do it on his own um, if, it's, if it's intellectual property. Right. However, I think he was trying to say that it's not the intellectual property that he was dealing with. This was an NFT, which is... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think where, the, where the... I mean, from what I read of the story, and I tried to do some digging because mm -hmm. um, I'm in this space. Jay-Z is my all-time favorite artist, you know, forever. Respect, love. Respect. Right? Jay, hit your boy up. I training anyway. We could talk about that after. We can talk about that after. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was digging into it. I think the the thing is that Dame Dame Dash was also trying to, as part of the NFT, release the work itself. So he wanted the album itself to be released as an NFT. So it wasn't just an image or something associated with it he was trying to reproduce the actual work and I, honestly I, I, again i'm always careful you know as i say this is not legal advice it's not financial you know from the outside looking in exactly this is what i i read and but it just seemed so on the face of it astounding because it's just a clear no yeah. It's just, you know, when intellectual property rights. So in lieu of any contracts or agreements that state otherwise, if there are persons that own it, it's jointly owned and those permissions. Um, so, for example, copyright, um, many of your listeners may know, is a joint is a group of rights or a bundle of rights. So for this podcast, Al has the right to decide when it's 
broadcast, if it's rebroadcast, if it's edited into another version, if it's included in someone else's work, all of those rights are are yours, but maybe not just yours. I don't know what the contracts are. Maybe there's you and a team that, that's... I'm not, I'm not the sole owner of Crypto Caribbean. There we go. I'm not, I'm not trying to trying to get all into your business, but you know these these shared own these shared rights, and particularly with music, it's usually shared and combination of rights. It's very rare that it's one person that owns yeah. all their rights. One case, an example of that though is Basie. So yeah. okay then, um, first reggae artist to release an NFT and able to do so because he owned all the rights to the masters that he was um, releasing as a project. So you know. Yeah, let me let me let me just plug myself because you keep dropping names and all of these people are former uh guests of the Crypto and Cognac podcast show Big Up Basie for being on the show season one, go. big up Ingrid for being on the show for seeing the value in what we were doing. Um yeah. not big enough Jay-Z, are you was he was not okay, not yet. Jay-Z is gonna be on maybe um season finale, season three. Okay, okay. But I mean, we've seen we've so we've seen that situation with Jay and um, Dame Dash, and we've seen more and more brands uh, coming into the metaverse space. So we've seen Pepsi, we've seen Adidas, we've seen Nike, we've seen um, Manchester United, we've seen Manchester United just t- as as early as today, as recent as today. But what we've seen is that some of these brands have gone further than just expecting to migrate their intellectual property rights from the physical world into the metaverse digital world by reapplying for new patents, new copyrights, new trademarks that specifically speak to the digital space. And I know Nike was one of those companies that did that. Do you think that they've seen maybe gaps or they just have deep enough pockets to to close off any area of uncertainty? I, I'm going to go ahead and say C, both of the above. So I think definitely they've spotted gaps. What the law is, is doing right now, as we've all been been smart enough to admit, is playing catch up. So technology, as usual, has run far out pace and lawyers are relying on contracts that speak about, you know, all technology now known or hereafter devised. And they're trying to stretch that to say it means this or, you know, um, in perpetuity or, or in any galaxy was some of the territories that persons used to, to sign agreements for in any territory. So, it, 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 yes, they're trying to stretch it to make it work, but uh, but. It, invariably they recognize that it would be better for them to cover the field and to ensure that anything going forward explicitly um, gives them the, gives them the rights to do all of what they'd, they'd like to do. So the 360 is what they had been doing for a while before, particularly speaking to music industry now. And I think that's something that they're going to want to continue to do um, moving forward. I, I was wondering though, when you were speaking, if you're going to touch on the Hermes um, Birkin bags, that's yeah. where I thought we were going for a second. We, we, we're going to touch all that. I mean, we, we could go there next. I mean, I think that's yeah. a good segue. So, you know, talk a little bit about that and, and how how NFTs, the metaverse, are going to be used to kind of validate uh, and, and secure IP. Yeah. Okay. So, I, again, for anyone that isn't familiar, a quick summary, um, an artist released an NFT collection, a quite exclusive collection, not unlike the exclusivity of the real life bags. Um, I believe it was a hundred of these um, Birkin bags, these Meta Birkins that were that were released. Um, and of course he did these, they, they sold well, they're still reselling well, even on the secondary market. And this was before many brands were really, I guess, taking the opportunity as seriously. Um, nevertheless, of course, or needless to say at this point, Hermes is probably themselves interested in getting into the market and it would be fair for them, I believe, to assert that they have some challenge in doing so when there's already been a land, a kind of landmark collection bearing their name and their brand. The artist is taking a really great defense 
and I would I would really love to be in that court. I think it's already being appealed. But he's basically saying that this is art, that his piece was a social commentary, that it was it's in no way meant to be. It's, it's not no one is going to buy it and think it's a handbag or or the real thing. So, you know, he is this is going to be an interesting one to see how the how the court applies it. To be honest, I think whereas he may get away with not breaching trademark, they could go and, and say it's not a, that it's misleading and deceptive to the public or or something like that. So these are interesting yeah. times. I mean, I think I think so giving the impression that he's associated with them, I think Passing is something. Um, I don't know how their copyrights are around their name, like Meta, because Meta Birkins, I don't know if he, they've trademarked, you know, Birkins, Meta Birkins. We are seeing in this space that there are people who are building branding and building legacy wealth assets by mm -hmm. simply investing in names, domains, domains associated yeah. with with certain brands because they expect that yeah. as i do adoption is is inevitable and everybody's gonna be on board yeah and these people are gonna need to buy these domains so i mean you know but i think that i think they expect it with good reason because technology adoption as we know as we know follows that same process or that same curve or wave um so yeah i think a lot of persons are feeling that same dot-com energy and you're you're having so when persons speak about how they can make money from intellectual property um in this new realm i i, I often say well honestly like how you made money traditionally you can still make money because now it's just a whole new market so maybe you're making metaverse t-shirts or whatever to to sell in the real world so there's some traditional activity that continues but then there's a whole new set of jobs for this whole new industry as well. Um, so there's so many more positions, of course, for designers. Those are the obvious positions and software developers, but then like community managers yep. and all these persons that are creating content and that are integral parts of, of our NFT drop-on community. You know, those there, that's very interesting too. And then of course you go high tech and go wearables and those things. And, yeah. and really seeing, I'm excited to see Caribbean designers step out even even more fulsome into that space. Yeah, I mean, one one area that has kind of um, been made aware to me in recent time, you know, everybody has kind of been gung-ho about the whole play-to-earn space, mm -hmm. uh, Axie Infinity and all these other games, Roblox and these different yeah. metaverses. But somebody kind of, bridged the idea of something that they have coined where to earn, where we see people get paid for representing themselves in the metaverse, truly branded clothing. So right now people wear, you know, Balenciaga t-shirts and Nike shoes, and they're basically billboards for these companies because yeah. there there's a whole advertising uh industry around getting products to consumers but what if you could skip all those middlemen and reward your customers for being your billboards you you literally like i'm just thinking of a whole new level of the thing now so you can turn every fan into a walking a walking advert advertisement mm -hmm. But, but when you first started speaking, I, I was thinking, you know how sometimes in the Caribbean we say, yo, the mother have to pay me for wear that. <laughs> I'm like, no, they really can. <laughs> like, no, they can pay me to wear that in the metaverse. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we are so, I mean, I feel like every conversation I have, this is kind of reiterated about how early we are, mm. about how we have little to no idea of where this space is going to be in 10 years from now. Um, you know, they, we, we keep saying that the crypto industry adoption is around where the internet was in 97, 98, which, which if we think back to what that was, that was even before Blackberry phones. So that was before 
pinned uh, messages. That was before voice over IP. That was oh, before we, we contemplated having all of these things like this, where we're just, you know, using the internet. So if we just, you know, kind of extrapolate on the idea of that as we move forward, I'm so excited. I don't know how people not excited. Like I'm just so outside of the potential capital appreciation and investment. I don't know how people's minds aren't just blown about what to expect next. No. Okay. I will. I, I, I am there. But I have to admit that I, I did an about phase. So actually, after I wrote the paper, um, so I, I wrote the paper in July of last year. And then June, June or July of last year, before, um, I, I, I kind of started to just worry. Because when you think of the extreme of where this thing can go, for some reason, do you know that cartoon movie, Wally? <laughs> yes. I just, I just thought. Suppose you have a hand in in being a part in why people are lying on their beds with tubes, changing their clothes to pink because the TV says pink is the new blue, you know. Um, so, so that there was that momentary pause. But I'm here pressing gas. I'm here sipping on my cognac and and feeling comfortable and knowing that I'm in the right space because the potential for good is too huge in this space. Like when I do the maths. When yeah. when I do my research and I speak to you know people like you when I when I listening in the rooms it, it um this is this is the solution that we've been seeking and in, in so many levels so and, and what I would say in addition to that for people who are truly fearful that we get to that point that um what's that movie called Ready Player One. If, yes. you're, if you're worried about us getting to that ready player one situation, oh. if you're one of those people who have that fear, then it is incumbent on you to get involved the direction and, of it. And, and, and direct this away from that part. It does not, it does not release you of that obligation. It, it further increases your obligation um, in that light for me. Because yes. And I believe what you're saying, the wave is coming. So you decide if you're going to get swept away or if you're going to get out, get on a boat or if you're going to steer a ship, like whichever whichever part you're going to play or at very least learn how to swim. You know, right now, a lot of what I'm doing is, is just showing people the metaverse because I've found that you can write a paper, you can speak as long, as much as you want. But for some, it's that first sitting down and seeing Decentraland going into crypto voxels that gets them to understand what we're actually talking about or even just looking at open seas because from yeah. for for a lot of persons they're still not going on their own so yeah i mean and i think as we see more and more brands i mean but light is it it's either no i think it's miller light mm-hmm. is doing something big in decentraland during the super bowl um FTX is doing something during the Super Bowl. FTX, which is one of the biggest exchanges in the U.S., doing something during the Super Bowl as well. We recently saw Coachella release mm-hmm. an NFT collection. Um, right, that's going to be season season passes or like VIP yeah, passes. Yeah. So there, there are a couple that you could have lifetime passes to Coachella. Right. A lim- I think they released like sixteen or something, a very limited amount, something something like you know, that. I mean, I, I think we're we're not two years ago where all the institutional intellects were saying this doesn't make sense, this is yeah. gonna be gone in two two seconds. We're at the stage where these people who initially were naysayers, who have the resources to hire the best talent and the brightest minds to do some digging, these guys are now saying, okay, there's something here. We don't know exactly what yet, but it but worth, it's, time for, it's not going away. It's worth us investing in it. And I think for the average person, we have to take a look at that and say, okay, Nike is here, Adidas is here, um, Coachella mm-hmm. is here, JP Morgan is here, mm-hmm. Goldman Sachs is here what is it here and for the first time we don't have to wait for their permission to take part you, you can know, 
go and register now and join Decentraland. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I just love what you're saying. Like you know, you're during colonization, a lot of a lot of decisions and world decisions and how things were shaped happened without us having a voice. And this is literally a time where where there's a new shaping of a new paradigm, and the the access to it is like never before. Um, it's a space that truly is about community. That that's at the core of of successes and at the core of um, the ethos behind a lot of of the operations that you see happening. Um, sorry, while you were speaking though, there were two I there were two things that I, that were coming to me. I wanted to share. Um, black metaverse. There's there's a Black History Month event happening at the end of this end of this month in the, in the metaverse and part of planning. Blackmeta.io, and I think it's a great space again for people to meet because people all around the world are realizing disenfranchised or communities or those communities who didn't see themselves here. You definitely have a space here. Like this is an empowering place. Um, and then I just wanted to touch back one last IP issue if I could squeeze it in because I found it fascinating. We're talking um, IP. Thank you. Uh, thank you. This is finally <laughs> um, the Matrix. Were you following that release and what their yeah. what their roadmap looks like? Yeah. yeah. I think that that's an incredible an incredible um, example of things that we're going to be seeing more and more of. But I just think it was so successfully done and shows how another way in which attaching copyright or intellectual property to your NFTs can give them added value and can extend. Um, the life or viability of your offering for a purchaser or for a collector. So, so I mean, I've I've had recent conversations with creatives around how they decide how much of their IP to hand over to a potential buyer um, in this in this metaverse space, right? So for for an artist who may not be sold on the value proposition and giving up their IP, what would you say uh, if you were to, you know, just have a conversation with that person, not legal advice, not financial advice, where does your mind automatically kind of lead? Um, my advice even in this space is, is is pretty much the same as it is in the real world at the end of the day it's um being able to objectively assess where you're at in your career and what your objectives are or what you you know your your goals are with what you're doing so the one thing to consider about this space that is better than the real world is that royalties still exist so you know even while you give away your intellectual property there's still a chance to learn earn in the back end which doesn't exist out here for us or for most of us um but at the end of the day it's it's it, there's no wrong or right it's it's really just uh where are you at do you need money now or can you wait because that's that's the trade that you're making yeah. invariably when you give away your ip in front um I mean, nine times out of ten, if it doesn't go on to do anything, then you've won. You 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 are you're ahead of the game. But but in that in that one time when you so for example, Cool Runnings, um, the bobsled team. I I, I don't know if you yeah. spoke. You spoke with was he a guest as well? Am I name dropping no, another no, guest? No, but I mean, he might be on. He might be. Week. Oh, Lord, okay. Send me the link. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, but he was sharing the story with me of Cool Runnings. Like he sold that story, not thinking it would be the cult classic it is. Mm. And what he sold it for was a good price at the time. I, he, right. I don't remember. I don't think he shared. But knowing what it's gone on to be, and and knowing, for example, the potential of Cool Runnings in the NFT space with something right. that has a cult classic. You know, it, it's hard because now they've done a bobsled fundraiser and I'm sure it didn't do as well as a Cool Runnings fundraiser would have done, you know? So yeah. you just don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean it, it, it really, and I think because we're now kind of looking back to what could have been mm. had we had this in place 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I think that is what really, for me, drives home the value of what we have now. Because if we're saying, if Sparrow had been able to NFT his work, if Bob Marley had been able to NFT his work, if this, then that, what we I have... 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll, I, I feel the same. I feel, I feel it for Jamaica, from our music to our ganja to our coffee to our whatever. I, I just keep thinking there is so much love around the world for Jamaica. If we can find a way to bring it back so we can, I don't know, have some health care, have some education, have some something. I don't know, just those basic stuff to take care of the country. Um, I, I see so much opportunities for the region with this thing. It's for the region, because, I mean, we feel the same way in Trinidad about our carnival. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you guys have... Uh, Jamaica has done an amazing job of branding itself, right? And while it does pay in terms of you have a huge you now pull for people coming to experience that genuine, um, real experience in visiting and you get tourism out of that, I just wonder what that would have been like in terms of revenue generation if you guys were able to benefit from the IP. I saw, I think, a TikTok recently where um, somebody was saying that Globally, there is this impression of what a Caribbean accent sounds like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it it's this kind of American Jamaican accent, and it all comes from Sebastian the Crab in, <laughs> in the mermaid, right? So everybody so, just thinks, you know, that's how Jamaicans talk. That's how Caribbeans talk. And you know, it was like whoa, I mean, Sebastian was Jamaican. You know, like you don't even think about that, about how influential the culture has been. But I actually thought Sebastian was a Trini. So like, I'm I'm ending this conversation to literally go and go. I swear Sebastian was a Trini. I, I don't know. Okay, so it's, it's not even a real Caribbean accent. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what they think, you know, we sound like. That's what we sound like, apparently. Whoa. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, I mean, our entire region from the food to you know, soca, calypso, um, compa, um, all these different forms that we have, as well as our art, you know, and our fashion designers. I think in Trinidad, Trinidad, um, Mei Ling and, and the other designers that are that so have to Anya, Anya Young Anya. okay, no. okay, see, there you go. So, I mean. With, within each alley, you think of Grenada, the Spice Isle. Like I just, I just believe that. Um, no, no offense to to the longevity and the history, but the, the, maybe the blockchain is a solution. Caricom needed to like work it out and make the thing function. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like you know, you know that side eye that we give each other. It's less easy. It's it's less necessary when you have a, a, when you have the blockchain. Because it's just there. We don't have to hype. I don't have to pretend I over you because you can see what's going on with me. Trust like. us. That, that, that issue, I mean, and I think it's an issue that Afro-descended people who have experienced or whose ancestors have experienced slavery. Absolutely. And, and that's everyone in the Caribbean. I don't care what you look like now. You've been affected by the trauma of slavery, even in America. As you say, ancestry. And I think it, it breeds a level of mistrust into us um, as a society that I think can be maybe not solved, but improved on through the blockchain. Um, I, I love what you're saying. This is this is the second time today I have caused to mention, or third time today I've caused to mention post-traumatic slave syndrome. You are, I am, I am there with you all and I mean, I don't want I don't want to preach or get crazy, but sometimes when I when I'm really feeling good about what's happening with, with crypto and, and our world right now, I see DeFi as a means of decolonization of the mind. Um it really requires when when I go back to it and I say to persons, yeah, okay, it sounds flashy and all of that, but it's also about financial literacy. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of what you do in the in the group as well. It's also yeah. just about um it's about financial responsibility as well which is another aspect of of mental decolonization so so there there is it's not just the exciting oh put up a piece of art and try to make a million it's it's also about understanding what tokenomics or really community economics and and that kind of uh um there's there's a lot there's a lot that's really powerful and possible in the space for true for true 
So bringing it back to, to IP. So there's IP around tokens, right? We've, we've seen what has happened with Dogecoin and the guys who initially created Dogecoin, they didn't trademark it. People have since, you know, kind of stolen the name, created brands around that. There's Doge this, Doge that, Doge this. Um, mm -hmm. Bitcoin is not trademarked anywhere because it's not owned by anyone. It's created it's by Doge, right? someone with a pseudonym or a group with pseudonyms. So we have IP considerations on the token side, the traditional currency side. Then we have IP considerations on the NFT side as it relates to all works of art, whether it be pictures, drawings, art, audio, music, film. And then we have on the metaverse side, which is more experiential people going into this digital world which one do you think is going to be most influential or, or most impacted or is gonna see ip really stand out in the first instance how do you see the evolution going? Do you think it, it it grows the same across all these channels and platforms? Or do you think one area, whether it's the metaverse, whether it's NFTs, whether it's currency, you see IP really shaking that area first? What are your thoughts there? Um it's a it's a little hard to choose between either of those three because I still see for for me, so when somebody, if someone were to come to me and say present either of those projects, I would be giving them the same kind of advice initially, you know, and that's what I'm trying to get at. So in other words, for now, persons might like to think that intellectual property is no longer relevant in this new space, that there's blockchain and you're minting and you're digital, there's certificate of authenticity and that's it. Um, but the truth is that until we're not just an early majority and until there is the, there is all of the real world really on there, um, we need to pay attention to what's happening in real world as well. So if you're going to be launching a project or launching a coin, I would definitely be saying protect your trademarks in, in key territories um, as, as, as much as if you were launching a handbag in the real world or if you were creating a metaverse um, or creating an NFT job. What I'm trying to say is along across the board, my advice is still the same. Where possible, secure all of your domains. Um, on, on social media or on the .io or whatever extension it is that's key to you. Um, and then register trademarks in real world, in the key jurisdictions where you plan to operate or where you plan to market or promote. Because invariably, until we're all in the metaverse, people are still marketing on social media and real world to, to try and convert and pull people into their discords and, and into their, their worlds. Um, and so, yeah, so you want to make sure that you have those real world protections but if I had to choose one, because that's what you asked me to do, I'm going to say Metaverse because it is the one that possibly, I mean, Metaverse integrates NFTs. Um, a token is a, a part of often uh, the functionality or operability. So I'm going to say Metaverse because it just has so many more moving parts. And so, right. you know, when you think again, to go back to Matrix, when you think about them telling you you can buy an NFT right now, that will become an avatar in a world that they create, the possibilities start to go crazy because now exactly what 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 clothes am I going to create for my avatar? Maybe I get to write a storyline for my avatar that then gets turned into a book. So I could have bought an NFT and created you know what I mean? Let me name drop just again. So crypto rasters. Oh which, yeah. Which is a, a, a project out of Brazil, but also who've been heavily influenced by Jamaican culture. Yeah. Uh, they actually, each of their crypto raster NFTs actually comes with a story. And recently they were offering an opportunity where you can have your raster's story be created into like a short, a short film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just like, this you thing can be okay. Okay. 
And it's, it's little simple things, you know. You see what same crypto rasters did with the when yardy bus stuff. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, so so there it's it's little steps, but right now we must understand as you as you're saying, it's so early that a little step goes a long way. Um, and it's it's having for my for my part, if I if I could share one thing, what's been really encouraging or or great for me in this space is having the confidence to step out boldly. I think in the Caribbean we tend to be or let me not stereotype. I am I am I am at times um want to make sure I know what's going on. And this is one of those spaces that you, you kind of can't be, yes, you do your own research and all of that, but there's an area of just stepping out and yeah. just doing the thing because you're doing the thing. And yeah. and in doing the thing is where you, you know, you learn and that comfort level. You know, 100%. I tell people all the time, I mean, I spend, you know, I, I left my eight to four job to, to take up a, a 24 hour job. Um, and I still don't consider myself an expert by any means because there's so much going on in this space and there are so many opportunities in there. And, you know, every day it grows. And, you know, someone who was an expert in a particular area of the crypto verse two months ago, if they took a two-month vacation, they're coming back and they don't understand what's happening because it's moving so fast. Exactly. It, it took me a while to realize that I was, it, it's when I started to speak with more people in the space and share my ideas. And then I would find out that these, some of these persons who I was looking up to had found out about it the same time as me. It's just that unlike me, they had been bold enough to try things earlier. And I think, so this is, this is, you know, the Caribbean can be a, a little bit of an unforgiving place for trial and error or trial and failure. Um, Whereas, you know, um, a little bit of intentional learning and, and pushing through is required right now and, and some pioneering, let's put it that you way. Know, and I think that came up last week too. Yeah, I was not going to say Gabriel was, you know, that was one of the things that he was really harping on that, you know, people, us in the Caribbean, we need to, you know, get rid of this idea that failure is, is a bad thing, you yeah. know, and, and stop being afraid to fail because it's in failing where, you learn and you push forward and you know if yeah. if you're going down a clear path it means that you're going down someone else's path yeah. if your path if the path in front of you is clear it means that you know you're going down someone else's path it's not uncharted territory then right. this this has been figured out before a hundred percent a hundred percent so as we get close to the close no. right yeah we, we've been talking for <laughs> a minute a minute but I'm going to give you an opportunity, you know, to tell us what's, what's next for you. What's next for um, the various projects that you're, you're leading. I mean, you're, you're in between uh, Jamaica and Italy. Mm -hmm. um, where do you, what are you doing? You know, how are you burning your path through this space? I am. No, I, it's a great question. I, I, there's a lot happening, but I think the immediate things I would love to share are one, I am I am assisting an artist. Uh, her name is I Nancy. So, so she's a 70 uh, she's a, a Jamaican artist who is who is decorated and awarded um and does mixed media collages from re recycled pieces of, of, right. of recycled material. Um, but would never be in the cryptoverse, just would never be in there. And I, I've been matching her or just sharing this space with her, introducing it to her. I got her on Clubhouse, got her listening to conversations. Um, she's excited by the opportunity. I've found some younger digital artists to work with her and we should be having our first exhibit up at the end of this month. So that is one thing I'm, I'm happy to be wrapping up, like the first collab where I've paired um, an older artist with, with new artists to see to see new works come out and they're collabing on the finals result. And then personally, yo, I'm coming out with my own NFTs. Listen, yeah, don't don't be surprised though. Is it, is it is it is it is it a collection? Is a is it a multi um algorithmic collection? What, what is it? Uh, is no, it? I was like, I'm I'm writing that down because I'm like that sounds like that could be interesting. Um, but, I mean, no. you know, that's one area we didn't really focus on. So I wanted to, I don't want you to just mention it. I want you to really go into it while we have some time. You mm -hmm. are an artist yourself. Yeah. So, so tell me about that project. That project, um, 
Wow. Okay, so I was the first set of NFTs I want to release are actually for my for where I feel most creative, which is in ideating for project for for collaborations. So I'm, I'm creating NFTs for person that want this experience for us to figure out your job together. Right. Um, but my yeah, my I've, I have some music that I've been working on for years and uh, a great, great virgin of mine from Jamaica, a fellow artist named Everflow. Uh, featured on a track so we're actually finishing up the video for it this week Dope. he's in jamaica and yeah hoping that by by some we'll have some some other things for people to bang to the thing is i'm, I'm still looking i'm looking at emanate i'm looking at other platforms i'm not sure where where music has yeah. its foot yet you know or how to release it but but i stay tuned to the crypto and cognac podcast and see if i can find out where, where to release my things yeah, for sure. I mean, and and what I would say is because I've tested a lot of things. I mean, because of my platform, because you know, I want to share as much and share as broad of a um diverse experience as possible. I've tested so many things. And what I say is don't feel bad to release on multiple platforms. Like you don't you don't you don't have to pick a winner. We're we're not gonna know who the winner is if there is one winner. Um, but don't and be afraid. From, mm. Yeah, don't be afraid to you know put some stuff on on Ethereum, put some stuff on Solana, put some stuff on Tezos, put some Polygon, stuff on mm-hmm. Polygon, put some stuff on BSC, um, because it's your stuff and you you own it, and so you have a right to to place it wherever wherever you feel. Put it in every shop. You know, if you could sell your stuff, if you could sell your stuff in Macy's and Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom. You're hundred percent right. Like Why Nike I own shop and I don't own that shop. Nike has their own stores, but they're still selling stuff in in Macy's. They're still selling stuff That's in Nordstrom. They're still selling stuff in in the Caribbean. Right. Wherever the people go, be there for wherever, them. Wherever the people are, you know. So so I feel like a lot of people get kind of bogged down on trying to choose that winner. I don't I don't subscribe to that at all. Mm-hmm. I say you know, especially for creatives. Um, one of the things that uh, the cryptoverse has really done is open us up to new markets. So why limit yourself to markets? Why why go from a position of being limited with markets to now limiting yourself with markets? You know, it's crazy to me. No, I here's the thing. So so here with music, I, I think you're 100 percent correct. Put it everywhere so everyone consume it all the places. But maybe with art, I can understand if someone is buying a piece thinking that they're buying a rare thing, but it's actually also there and there and there and there. Like, Well, I mean, if, if you're doing a one-of-one, I get it. If you're doing a one-of-one, I get it. You have to choose. Just like in the physical space, if you're going to do one piece of art, you have to decide what what medium you're going to produce it on you know is it going to be a carving is it going to be a a canvas painting is it going to be a a mural on a wall like -hmm. you know Banksy or one of these guys so you still have to choose your medium if you if your your unique selling point is scarcity Mm -hmm. but I mean I think right now it's it's not necessary for us to you know get into these wars about you know i'm a i'm a ethereum guy maxi and i'm a solana maxi and i'm no, a no, 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 no. you know none so. of them are paying me to use their their stuff yet so so i, I I'm, I'm not pledging any allegiance <laughs> they must pay me well i mean technically technically we get, if you if you're holding the token you have some greater ownership some connection very very true and we didn't even get into those anyway um this is Listen, you know what that means that just means that you're gonna have to come back yes yes with pleasure i'm out of dreams it's it's perfectly timeless it's perfectly so joan thank you so much for being with me this evening thank you for sharing your knowledge thank you for sharing in this conversation thank you for sharing a drink thank you for staying up i know it's getting close to midnight where you are so thank you for that no, but with pleasure. This is this is I, I appreciate the invitation. I'll um I've been singing Crypto Caribbean prayers everywhere I go. I tell people to join and join the the Telegram group. Um and this is what we need. Like for persons like you consistently connecting and bringing the views. So thank you for inviting me, oh truly. So guys, you all heard what Joan said. She said, make sure and like, 
follow, share. Yeah. I'm told that is how the algorithm works to keep this content being shared. As I say always, adoption is inevitable. Guys, thank you for being on the Crypto and Cognac podcast show. Check us out on all the streaming platforms everywhere. Joan, thank you very much for being with me. Guys, be blessed. Check, check. <laughs>